Hello, this is Ruin Willow, and you are listening to the Oh, Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here. I am, I am. I love it when you listen to me, and I love it when I get to share sexy fucking stuff with you. And today I'm going to share a very sexy excerpt from an erotica author known as Emily Hurricane. Unwrapping Santa. Christmas in July. This is an erotic Christmas story. A very sexy twist she has added to this story. You are going to love it. It is woman loving woman. It is sapphic and you're going to love it. It is fucking hot. A little bit of naughtiness wrapped up into it. Hey, it's Christmas. What's going to happen? Christmas in July, erotic style. Let's fucking do it. On my podcast, I talk about all things related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, sexual wellness, and erotica, because I love to delve into the fantasy life, and I like to peddle you fantasies. Are you ready? We are going to have a sexy, fun time. I'm going to read her excerpt, and then we have an amazing chat, so stay tuned for that. If you're under 18... It is time to leave the podcast now because this is meant for adults only, not safe for work. Yeah, the yummy stuff. Okay, Emily. Emily is an East Coast Canadian 30-something mom of two humans and a fur baby. Her lumber sexual husband doesn't actually work in lumber anymore, but he still wears the plaid and the beard. As well as authoring, she's a freelance editor and ghostwriter. Her books range in genre from romance and erotica to horror and science fiction and everything in between. When she's not writing and or momming, she's sipping espresso, crocheting, and listening to audiobooks. You can find Emily and her collected works at emilyhurricane.com. Okay, Unwrapping Santa. This is the excerpt, and it's a sapphic erotic short. Okay, are you ready? Let's go. Let's do it. This is going to be hot as fuck. I fucking hate Christmas. I hate the red and the poof and the trees and the elves and the wreaths and the commercialism and the songs. The fucking songs. They're everywhere. The day after Halloween, it's like open season and every big box store turns up Jingle Bells and Rudolph and every crappy poppy love song makes me want to skewer my ears out. Some might call me heartless or Scrooge or whatever, but I just don't buy into all the propaganda. It has nothing to do with the fact that I am lonely. Any plans for Christmas Day? Or, hey, Taylor, if you ever wanted to take time off for the holidays, we can cover you. Or, find any good Christmas deals, Tay? No, I have no plans. No, I don't want to fucking take time off. And hell no, I don't know of any e-deals on overpriced crap you shouldn't be spending hard-earned money on. Maybe that's why I get so annoyed. People get so worked up about the holidays and overspend on useless shit. I just want to do my work in peace and save my money for important things. Like aftermarket parts for my motorcycle or retirement. 
I considered keeping the club open on Christmas Eve, trying to instill my work ethic into my employees, but I decided I didn't feel like a fight. Plus, half of them would probably call in with fake illness, so they would stay home with their families. Plus, plus, there wouldn't be any customers. Occasionally, some old drunk would wander in on a holiday, but I never made back what I spent in overhead being open. <sighs> I sighed as I tucked the last of my paperwork away in the filing cabinet. I knew Kaylee was dying to get home, and I told her we could close at noon. It was 12.03, and I could practically hear her bouncing on the balls of her feet waiting for me to be done. You can go, I called, and she appeared in the doorway to my office far too quickly. Are you sure you don't need help with anything, boss? Though her tone suggested she wanted nothing less. No, I'll finish up, I assured her, waving her off. She leaned on the doorframe, cocking a perfectly sculpted brow. Everything is emptied and cleaned, shut down and unplugged, and you've been filling the same paperwork for the last hour, she accused. There's nothing left to finish up, girl. You should go home, too. It's Christmas. Ugh. I suppressed a shudder. Have fun with your family, I said stiffly. Her gaze softened, and she offered a small smile. Merry Christmas, Voss, she said and wagged her finger at me. I hope you'll get some much-needed Christmas cheer. I resisted the urge to roll my eyes. Ho, ho, ho. I deadpanned and she laughed before disappearing out of my view. <laughs> See you on Boxing Day, she called as her footsteps echoed on the dance floor. Ugh. At least Boxing Day would be busy. People out and about, shopping for deals, wanting to unwind with a drink afterwards. It wasn't usually a crazy late night with dancing and all that because everyone had to bring home their spoils, but lucrative enough to be open anyway. Ugh, a whole day and a half of stewing away at home. I supposed I could, I don't know, read some books or something or scroll aimlessly through all the streaming services looking for something that piqued my interest enough and wasn't holiday-themed but also wasn't an 8,000-episode series that I had to commit to. Fuck commitment. I locked up after double-checking all of the equipment and lights and then sauntered home. It was cold as hell, but Canada didn't often get snow before January these days. As a kid, I remembered having to wear snowsuits under my Halloween costumes. But nowadays, we'd get occasional flurries that didn't stick around all the way into December. However, sometimes it would still be cold as balls. I only lived a few blocks away from the club, so I never bothered driving. It would take longer to warm up the engine of my little hatchback than it would to drive. So I walked in the cold, cursing my lack of scarf to keep my nose from freezing off my face. I kept meaning to buy a new one because the old fleece one I'd been wearing for most of my life had finally worn through, but never thought of it until I was out in this shit. I wiggled my chin into the top of my coat, trying to turtle my head in as much as I could, but it still did nothing for my poor nose. By the time I got to the lobby of my apartment building, I couldn't feel my nose or eyeballs and I blinked rapidly in the soft lighting of the mail area. My mailbox contained a single card boasting Merry Wolfsmas. 
with a cartoon dog in a Santa hat signed by the company that owned my apartment building. Really, it was a mass-produced generic piece of cardboard that they stuffed into everyone's mailboxes. Why waste the paper? I tossed it into the recycling bin by the door and headed up to my bachelor apartment on the top floor. Some like to call it a studio, but that sounded too hoity-toity for the 700-square-foot space I lived in. A bed, a desk, and a little bookshelf. That's all I've ever needed, especially with the amount of time I spend at the club. I tossed my keys on the counter and locked the door behind me, resigning myself to staying in my little box for the next day. I washed my hands and dug through my freezer. After locating a box of mixed veggies and some cubed beef, I heated up some oil on the stove and started the microwave rice cooker. Living the bachelor life didn't mean I couldn't take care of myself. I spent the rest of the afternoon laying in bed watching old sitcoms on my phone, in and out of consciousness, in and out of time. At some point, I got up and showered, then stood at my floor-to-ceiling window, nursing a hot chocolate, as big, fat snowflakes began to drift lazily from the sky. Hadn't I just been thinking about how we never get snow before January anymore? It's a Christmas miracle, I drawled, making my voice all nasally with sarcasm. At some point, I fell asleep because I opened my eyes to an eerie glow. I looked out the window at the night. Other than the regular streetlights below and high-rises in the distance, there was nothing above given the snow still falling. I rubbed my eyes and glanced down at my phone, poking the screen to wake up. Nothing happened, and I sighed. I'd let it run for how long while I passed out, and now it was dead. I turned to fumble for my charger and froze. The eerie glow was coming from inside my apartment. Because there was a fucking Christmas tree in my apartment. I blinked dumbly at the monstrous tree, so tall that the top of it bent over. The star somehow still on, even with the tip upside down. LED lights changed colors slowly, winking in between the boughs, causing glass balls to sparkle. It mesmerized me for a moment, and then I remembered that this was my fucking house. And who the hell had snuck in a massive tree? Had some of my employees played a prank on me? Oh, you're awake. <laughs> a giggle preceded a woman popping out from behind the tree with a comically huge armload of candy canes. What do you think? I didn't know what to even do or say. This woman didn't work for me. I'd never seen her before in my life. Plus, there was something odd. She was gorgeous, with long, wavy blonde hair cascading out from a Santa hat and a soft, curvy figure beneath the cutest little red and white dress. Her pale skin glowed under the tree lights. Pouty lips curled into a smile. But her eyes, her eyes had some kind of... I couldn't put my finger on what it was. She had these big green eyes that seemed to absorb me. They carried a mysterious little twinkle, like she had a secret. She'd also broken into my apartment. Who the hell do you think you are? I scrambled to my feet and held up my phone to call the cops before I remembered it was dead. 
What would I even tell them anyway? A sexy woman broke into my apartment, set up some Christmas decorations? Get out of my place. Oh, shush. She scoffed, shaking her head. You're such a grouch, Taylor. Honestly. Ice wriggled my spine as she used my name. How do you know me? I demanded. She turned towards the tree and crouched, bending her legs into a squat before springing upwards, releasing her hands and all the candy canes. I flinched, expecting them to just fly everywhere, candy shattering all over my floor. But instead, they all landed perfectly on the tree, artfully structured and equidistant from each other. How? I stammered, my brain not being able to compute on top of everything else that had shocked me in the five seconds since I'd woken up. The woman turned on one boot, a thigh-high black leather number with a sky-high heel. You've been a naughty girl this year, Tay, she said, waking a finger at me. Actually, you've been a naughty girl every year. I scowled. Listen. No, no, she cut in, crossing her arms beneath her ample breasts. Every year I indulge myself one special visit, one non-believer, one person that doesn't have any Christmas cheer and so desperately needs some. Ugh, I grunted. I don't need any cheer. Yes, you do. She pointed a finger at me. You, miss, haven't ever had Christmas cheer, even as a kid. That's just damn sad. You're long overdue. She smoothed her skirt, the white furry hem barely reaching mid-thigh. So, why don't you tell Santa what you want for Christmas this year? I gaped at her. Was this bitch for real? You broke into my house, stalked me enough to figure out my name. You set up all this. I waved my hand maniacally at the tree. And now you're trying to convince me you're Santa? Get the hell out before I call the cops. Your phone is dead. She rolled her eyes. Also, I am Santa. That's how I know your name and got in here and set up this fabulous tree. Although... She raised a hand and wiggled her fingers a little, and my breath caught in my throat as the tree shrank in front of my eyes. The entire thing lowered smaller and smaller until it was standing tall instead of bent over. The decorations were still proportionate, as if they'd shrunk with it, and a squeak came out of my mouth in lieu of words. "'You know you're very cute when you're flustered,' Santa said." No, no, she can't be Santa. That's insane! As she walked to the kitchen counter. Here, this will help. She wiggled her fingers some more over the kitchen, and before I could compute what was happening, a platter of cookies and treats and two steaming mugs appeared. She plucked a cookie from the platter and dunked it in whatever was in one of the mugs, bringing it to her lips. She moaned as she tasted it, a soft sound that had heat pooling in my belly. I know, I know, but I'm only human. And then she turned to me, bringing both cups with her. You didn't leave me milk and cookies, she teased, voice satiny smooth, that twinkle so prevalent in her gaze. I tried to take the mug with my phone still in my hand and then stared down at it dumbly before tossing it on the bed and taking the ceramic cup. 
The cinnamon and nutmeg scent was unmistakable. The mug was full of warmed eggnog. I salivated before taking a swig. The nog steamed and frothed to perfection. I took in a deep, ragged breath and forced myself to look her in the eye. How are you, you? I blurted, shaking my head back and forth. <laughs> She giggled. I take on many forms. The big old jiggly bearded guy is the most trustworthy image, so I use that for all of my marketing, but this is how I'm most comfortable. She ran a finger along the poofy white top of her strapless dress. Do you like it? My mouth went dry. She was really beautiful. It had been a long time since I'd had a woman in my bed, given my complete lack of a social life. There were plenty of attractive people that came to work for me, but I didn't like mixing business with pleasure, especially in a position of authority. She took a swig of her nog, regarding me with a knowing gaze. You know, the whole thing is a myth. She purred. Everyone can reform. Just need a little nudge in the right direction. She downed the last of her mug, then tossed it over her shoulder. Again, I flinched, expecting shattered ceramic everywhere, but instead it disappeared entirely. That was a handy trick. I looked down at my now empty mug, and in lieu of making an ass of myself and throwing it across the room, I walked past her and set it down on the counter. When I turned back, she approached the window, pressing her hands against it. I raked my eyes down her back. The slope of her hips. She slid her ankles a little further apart, arching her spine, and the hem of her skirt rode up, revealing the globes of her ass beneath. I can be a naughty girl, too, she said, waking her lower half back and forth at me. I know that's what you like. Yeah, I really fucking like that. How does she know that? I drew my bottom lip between my teeth and took a deep breath. I could debate and ask questions all night, or drive myself crazy trying to really deal with the fact that a magical sexy female Santa has materialized in my apartment. Or I could just compartmentalize and enjoy myself. Because I wanted nothing more than to just sink my teeth into this vixen's sweet flesh. Fuck it, I thought, and crossed to the window. I pressed her up against it, and she molded back against me, reaching up over her shoulder to thread her fingers through the hair at the nape of my neck. You broke into my house. I growled into her ear as I snaked a hand up to rest on her throat. I didn't squeeze, just rested it there, and she let out one of those little moans. <sighs> What are you going to do about it? She breathed, wiggling her ass against me. I tugged down the top of her dress, her breasts bouncing free, and mashed them against the cold glass. She squeaked as her nipples made contact. Oh! I grabbed a fistful of her ass, holding her still. Teach you what happens to bad girls. I slid my hand around, dancing over her thigh to the front. I teased the front of her satiny thong, and she whimpered. Oh! Oh! spreading her ankles a little further. Ah, ah, I teased, nipping at her earlobe. It's not going to be that easy. I pulled her away from the window and bent her over my bed. She assumed the perfect position, letting me hold the back of her neck but keeping her feet flat on the floor. 
The heels forced her ass high in the air, her skirt flipping up over her back. I curled a finger beneath her red G-string, drawing it all the way down between her cheeks to her soaked pussy. Fuck, you are a dirty bitch, aren't you? I sank two fingers into her slick heat, and she moaned and wriggled before I pulled them out and she whimpered with need. I gave her ass a swat, and she squealed. Oh! One of her legs bending at the knee. Keep those feet on the floor, I warned, and she lowered her leg. She smirked at me from her place on the bed, and I pressed my lips into a thin line to keep from grinning goofily at her. This woman had fire. I gave her another spank, this time a little harder, and she gasped a moan. Oh! Oh! Her eyelids fluttering, another, harder, and another. Oh! 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 She writhed a little, and I ran my palm over her panties again, finding them completely drenched. These are useless. I cooed and pulled them down so they sat snug around her parted thighs, exposing her pretty cunt to the air. Her curls were blonde, just like her head, and glistening with her need. I wanted to lap at her like I was fucking starving, but I resisted. First things first. Another smack. Oh! Have you learned your lesson? I asked, forcing my voice to be stern. <laughs> she giggled, her own voice breathy as she replied. If this is how I get punished, then I'll never learn. Bad girl. I cooed and her cheeks pinked, her plump lower lip disappearing between her perfect teeth. You love that, don't you, when I call you a bad girl? She nodded, her hands fisting into my duvet. Be bad, then, I growled and pushed two fingers into her. A guttural groan tore its way out of her throat as I finger-fucked her. Oh! <laughs> Letting go of the back of her neck so I could continue the spanking at the same time. She shrieked as I curled my finger inside, massaging her, but she didn't wriggle away, didn't flinch. She fisted the sheets and moaned and squealed and panted. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> oh! but she kept her sweet ass in the air valiantly until her legs gave out and she fell against the bed. I reached around with my spanking hand and parted her curls, circling her slick clit as I continued to manipulate her inside, and then she twisted away from me. Or at least she tried to. I leaned over her, pinning her down to the mattress as she writhed and made nonsensical noises. I suppose I I'm a I'm a I'm an I Her pleasure building and sweat breaking out all over her. I kissed her shoulder blade tenderly, my soft lips a contrast to the brutal pace I'd set against her sensitive nether flesh. She detonated beneath me, her whole body going rigid before she cried out, burying her face in the mattress, thighs quivering before a gush of fluid soaked my hand. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs>
We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven for spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. She fell limp and I scooped her up, cradling her as I moved up the bed, laying her back against the pillows. Her flushed chest heaved and she looked at me with half-lidded eyes, dazed and dreamy. (sighs) Oh, that was... Oh, I'm not done with you yet, beautiful. I stroked her lip with my thumb, my thumb still soaked with the aftermath of her orgasm, and she blushed almost as crimson as her dress. I shimmied down her body, pulling her panties free of her legs. She was spent, liable, easy to maneuver as I settled on my chest between her creamy thighs. I parted them, sliding my hands beneath her gorgeous ass cheeks, lifting a feast to my hungry mouth. I ran my tongue over her silky folds, and suddenly her body wasn't limp any more, coming to life again, arching, moaning. (sighs) You taste like heaven. I murmured against her flesh, and then devoured her cunt, ambrosia in my mouth as I lapped and licked and sucked. (laughs) She whimpered and moaned, squirming more and more as I continued, eventually squeezing my head with her soft thighs. I clamped a hand down on one side to give me room, and with the other swirled my fingers around her wet entrance before sliding down between her ass cheeks. I circled her tight hole, and a strangled, oh, left her pretty lips as I pushed my middle finger inside, then really went to town on her clit. (laughs) She came undone, 
clenching around me, her bundle of nerves taut and pulsing beneath my punishing mouth. This time, when she fell limp, I withdrew gently, kissing my way up her hip before skipping over her sweet, damp dress up to her breasts. I took her nipple in my mouth and then released it with a wet pop, eliciting a breathy giggle from her before making my way up to her perfect mouth. (laughs) We kissed softly, the musk of our sex mingling with the taste of cinnamon and nutmeg and sweetness still lingering on her tongue. I think you just made the nice list, she whispered against my lips. (laughs) I chuckled low in my throat. I'll have to naughty myself up again next year, then. Was I really having this conversation? Had I really just fucked hot Lady Santa? She stared up at me with something akin to awe, that mischievous sparkle gone, replaced with a pure, sated daze. I couldn't help but puff out my chest a little. It didn't matter how long it had been since I'd been with anyone, I could still turn a woman to mush, even a magical being like this. You do that, she said, and then reached out and booped my nose. I awoke on Christmas morning to sunlight streaming right into my face. Had I not closed the curtains last night? I wrinkled my nose, reaching around the back of my neck to massage a little bit of soreness there. My fucking God, I had the craziest dream. I yawned and rolled over onto something hard and crinkly and froze. I sat up so fast that I nearly flopped back down again, my eyes widening at the floor-to-ceiling Christmas tree still sitting against the wall. Did that seriously happen? I muttered to myself, my heart rate tripling. I looked down at the offending object I'd rolled onto and realized it was a gaudily wrapped present. The paper held every color of the rainbow, iridescent sparkles, wrapped in a white and red striped ribbon. There was no tag, and I tugged on the bow with shaking fingers. I lifted the lid and then pulled out a long trip of fuzzy blue fabric, letting it fall through my fingers with awe. A scarf. Beneath was a little card, and I leaned forward to read the loopy scrawl. Taylor, Merry Christmas. I hope this scarf keeps your face from freezing off. I intend to see that face again. Wink. Love, Santa. The End Woo! Now that was very, very sexy. I am so excited, you guys. I always love talking to other authors, other writers. I just, it's so much fun for me. And I love to learn their process and how they do things. And it's just, I don't know, it's just damn fun. (laughs) So I am excited to introduce you to Emily S. Hurricane. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I really, really love talking to other authors. So I'm just really pumped. Are you having a good morning? I am. My uh, my toddler has been in full meltdown mode for like three weeks and he's actually really <laughs> chill today. So uh, lucky. <laughs> very nice. Very good to be good cooperative. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I really would love to know you write romance and erotica, paranormal, horror, and sci-fi. Do you have a favorite genre or do you just love them all? I love them all. I think like I enjoy reading in pretty much any genre as well. 
So when I started writing books, like over a decade ago, I mean, I've been writing for ages, but seriously writing about a decade ago, uh, I was just like, I should stick to one genre and just like, you know, have a brand and it'll be easier to for marketing. And then I just can't sit still. So, <laughs> so that's how I ended up with so many pen names and so many things all over the place. But yeah, I just, I get so inspired and I enjoy so many different things. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I totally understand that because I'm the same way. And I actually write under my real name too. So uh, I totally get that. I write on multiple different genres too. And I hear people say the same thing. Like you need to like establish yourself in a specific genre, the same type of books. And I'm like, I don't know that I can do that. Well, and I think one thing that I've learned over the course of, you know, being indie and chatting with other indie authors and brand building and learning about graphics and, you know, themes and stuff like that is that, you know, I mean, if you're trying to hit certain algorithms on say the Amazon marketplace, then yes, you want to stick to one genre, even one Mm -hmm. niche to start out. And that's going to get, you know, the royalties flowing and get, you know, get your books being seen by the right eyeballs and stuff. But in the grander scheme of things, you know, if you're looking at doing this as a career, you know, and and putting out the books that you want to put out, the best thing to do, as I've learned from a good author friend of mine, Pixie Stormcrow, is kind of find your common thread across all the genres you write. Like, what are you trying to say? And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a specific tagline or anything like that, but just there is definitely a common voice and a common thread that everybody has right and if you can Mm -hmm. find that then people that want to read all of your books like I have some readers that yes they specifically only read my romances or they only read my horror but then I have some fans that they don't care (laughs) they're just like I love your characters and whatever you're gonna write I'll read it and it's really fun because it's like that way I'm like okay cool today I feel like writing this and Mm -hmm. they're still enjoying it right so oh yeah that it's it's mine so. Right. I mean, they just like your writing and they like your voice in that writing. So yeah, absolutely. That's a perfect thing to find. And I think too, the more you put out there, the more you're going to find those people. Exactly. So, and I was looking at your Twitter, which is ES Hurricane, by the way, you talk about writing morally gray characters that are a hot mess. Tell me about that. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Uh, We talked about having a common thread and that's kind of, you know, in all of these different branding endeavors and kind of deep diving into my work, I've discovered that that's pretty much what you're going to get every time. You're going to get characters that are just a disaster and have to figure out either not how to be a disaster or how to live being a disaster because sometimes they don't particularly have a positive happily ever after ending. Sometimes they have, you know, sometimes it's just learning to, to live with, with the cards they've been dealt and learn to live with, you know, certain aspects of their personalities that maybe aren't, you know, good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, yeah, so that's pretty much, you know, whether it's, whether it's romance or, or sci-fi or whatever, tend to lean heavily like character driven writing and they're just yeah they've got a lot of baggage and and some personality traits sometimes I've had people say that like you know I'm enjoying this book but the protagonist is not likable (laughs) (laughs) I mean they maybe don't need to be likable I'm glad that you're still enjoying the story though (laughs) yes oh I totally actually like that I've had the same thing happen where people did not like the main character and I'm like you know what why do they have to be likable I mean you need to kind of identify with them but 
you know, if you're getting under someone's skin and they don't like a character, that's valuable too. Yeah. I'm making you feel something. Exactly. That's exactly what I say. <laughs> and if somebody doesn't like a character, but they still want to know what happens to them. Yes. I feel like I also that's a win, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I kind of feel like that's silly. I'm like thinking about people all in the world that I know. And I'm like, well, I don't like everyone. I mean, why? <laughs> I know some people are pain in the ass. Some characters are going to be a pain in the ass, you know? Exactly. <laughs> people are weird. So I want to talk about a few of your books. So well, when I was looking up your website at emilyshurricane.com, you have Her Tyrant Alpha, Shotgun Showgirl, and Bloodlines, The Beginning of the End. Which one of those would you like to talk about first? Oh, well, I mean, we can touch on uh, Shotgun Cowgirl is a trilogy of novellas. And that was another one where, again, I was just like, you know what? I feel like writing a Western. Yeah. And um, (laughs) and, uh, it's the only historical that I have there as of right now. I'm pretty sure I don't have any other historicals out there. Nice. And uh, I'm not terribly good at historicals because I'm not terribly good at researching history. Sure. But I did have a couple of friends that are really into like the Wild West and and horses and stuff um, that helped correct my vernacular when it came to like old tiny horse things Um, (laughs) so yeah so that's those were the first books that I put out on my Iris Treveo pen name which is kind of like my catch-all for romance stuff oh okay Um, and then both her tyrant alpha and bloodlines they're kind of they're in the same universe so bloodlines is kind of my my baby is my MCU right now <laughs> where I kind of started it and then it just the whole thing spun out of control and now it's got multiple spin-offs and stuff but her tyrant alpha was kind of a love letter to my bloodlines readers that were really invested in the romantic relationships because okay. is more it's more dystopian apocalypse there is some romance there's some steaminess in there but it's not at its heart. It's not a romance. So there was some, you know, we've got all the shipping wars going on. So her tyrant alpha was kind of like, all right, you want the smut? I will bring the smut. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're going to do like 60 chapters of smut. Um, So yeah, so it's kind of, it takes place after the fifth book in that series as a little spinoff with some hot mess characters getting, getting into some stuff. So yeah. Very nice. Very nice. And so which one, which book would you say has the most erotica in it? Probably her tyrant alpha. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yep. I definitely like I write a lot of erotic shorts, but as far as my longer stuff, wrong number is a romance, but it's a really slow burn. So there's like, when they do finally hook up, it's like probably 10,000 words long. Mm. Mm -hmm. But her Tyrant Alpha has a lot more like right out of the gate, you know that what you're getting into. And it's pretty much like there's a lot of it's been rejected by multiple platforms because they thought it was (laughs) too erotic. So Uh, gotcha. Yeah, those darn (laughs) people taboo or anything. Just like (laughs) they were just like, there's no plot. And I'm like, I swear there's plot. They're just really horny also. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh I know that's so hard to deal with that kind of thing where you get rejected off of platforms and it's like why I guess I just don't really understand why if people want to buy it that's their choice why are they restricting it selling I mean this is you know I mean radish radish kind of has a a rep 
you know, positive and negative, depending on where you go. Sure. But they definitely, they lean into the smut. They're just like, mm. yo, the emails, the recommendation emails I get have like little, little water emojis, right? Mm. <laughs> it's just like, hey, steamy reads. And I'm like, yeah, you guys know what you're peddling. And I oh, love yeah. that. It's just like, you know what? This is clearly what we want to read. It's clearly what people are spending money on. Yes. You know, like lean into it. So it's been nice that they're just like, yeah, whatever. We don't care if there's sex every chapter, like publish it. <laughs> right. So right. It's a, it's a, you have a lot more freedom that way, which is nice. Yeah, I should look into radish. I haven't done them yet. I have everything on Amazon at this point, but I knock on wood so far. I've not had anything rejected yet. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but it's good that there's options out there. What else do you use besides yeah. radish? I have so many now. <laughs> <laughs> so I pretty much I've got some stuff published wide, like the Bloodline series is kind of published all over the place. Okay. I use draft to digital for my like marketplace distribution. So anywhere mm. that books are sold, I'm using draft to digital. Okay. And I've got some romance in Kindle Unlimited. So that's specifically through Amazon. And then yep. I kind of do a, a funnel um, for my serials. So I've got a Patreon where everybody, all my patrons get early access to everything that I write. I mm. realize on there, whether it's a serial specifically or not, I still, as I'm writing a thing, I post it on there chapter by chapter. Okay. exclusive short stories and stuff. And then once something's done or far enough into it that I can start serializing it elsewhere, then it goes to Radish and it goes to Wattpad and Royal Road. I'm actually trying Royal Road for the first time with one of my newer serials. It's like a game lit dark romance. Okay. Um, and then so and then once it's completely finished, then I publish it wide. So it's kind of like it starts it starts its journey on Patreon, then it sure. goes to, to the wider market and like the, you know, radish and stuff like that. It's all staggered. So it's like the patrons get it like like three or four weeks ahead. They'll see the chapters before everybody else does. So and then later, once it's a book, um, they can purchase it as a book or a physical book or an ebook if they want. Nice. Very good. That's a good way to do it. And then you can kind of give your people that are following you you know, like bonuses before everyone else. Exactly. And then it also, it, it's options too, because I found when I started on Radish, it's a, there's not a lot of overlap between markets. Like hmm. I read on a lot of different platforms because there's so many indie authors that I love that have tried out these different platforms and I just, mm -hmm. you know, they've got exclusives everywhere. So I'm pretty familiar with all the different platforms because there's certain authors that I just follow around like fangirl. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but yes, and I just like, I love to read and you can find gems anywhere. Right. So, but, uh, but yeah, I found that there's not a lot of overlap in that way. So, you know, if, if I'm marketing to on TikTok, say it's a really hard sell to get somebody to come to Radish from TikTok, but you post a KU book on there and then, you know, you're, then you're getting thousands of page reads. So it's, you know, you got to tap those different markets because it's like if I'm putting something on Patreon to then go to Radish, then I might be able to get Radish readers to come to Patreon if they really like my stuff and want the bonus content. Sure. Um, but I'm but then the KU readers will probably never see it because it will never be on Amazon, you know, so right. it's kind of a way to be like, hey, I'm available everywhere. So whatever your preference you know, if somebody reads exclusively on their Kindle, then they can just wait for my books to come to Kindle instead of having to go through the whole rigmarole of reading it chapter by chapter, right? Right. Now, let me ask you this, because I'm on TikTok and of course I'm on Amazon and on Patreon as well, but I have had backlash a lot on TikTok and a lot on Patreon for content that's not even that explicit. 
Have you had, you've had good success with those two areas? It's so hard with that line. Um, I've got my Patreon marked as like mature. Um, So like, I'm pretty sure if you have an account and you're under whatever the age is, I'm not sure what the age is, (laughs) but if you have an account with Patreon and you have your age in there, I don't even think that my page will come up in search. Um, Yeah. I don't think mine does. Yeah. I think you have um, to know it specifically, right? Yeah. I definitely, um, some chapters that I post, I'll get the little flag that says like, Hey, this is explicit. Mm-hmm. And I messaged customer support about it. Cause I was like, I have it marked as mature. Like I thought I was mm-hmm. allowed to use erotica. And then they were just like, yeah, as long as it's within the guidelines, you could ignore that flag just pops up when certain words are said. And I was just like, okay, oh, okay. as long as I'm within the guidelines. So I haven't had any issues that way. And I haven't had issues with TikTok directly. I've had one or two videos pulled that were totally tamer than other videos I had. It's very strange, the algorithm. Yeah. Um, But I've definitely, I've had friends that have had their entire accounts dusted from Patreon, or sorry, not Patreon, um, TikTok TikTok. and Instagram for stuff that's, I mean, yeah, okay. So it's like, you're not supposed to (laughs) with the super explicit (laughs) stuff on there, but it just seems so inconsistent that it's like, it's kind of Russian roulette every time you post a video, you know? It is. and It's tough. It is like the one I got rejected on TikTok. I posted a video of different pictures, covers, ebook covers of different erotica authors and they rejected it. I'm like, Amazon is okay with all these covers and everybody's fully dressed. What's your problem? They rejected Amazon sometimes like, and it changes too. But Mm -hmm. I had one of my erotica shorts Put, and it wasn't banned, but they tossed. I don't know if you're familiar with the adult dungeon <laughs> where yes, I've heard of it. Yeah. a little bit too explicit. <laughs> uh-huh. like you're not banned, but you just won't show up in search and you don't show up. I think it's Japan and India, the marketplaces that you won't show up in. That's a really mm. easy way to find out if you're dungeoned or not. Is to yeah. in Japan. Good point. But yeah, I had one and I didn't even think about it because it was just like, I can't even remember what the, which book it was for. Cause it was so long ago, but the stock photo was, it was like a butt cheek, mm. which like she had underwear on and like a chain under her butt cheek. So it was like, I mean, there was a quite a bit of butt cheek, but it wasn't like, I don't know. I thought it was tasteful and, and yeah, and that one got dungeon. I didn't even notice until like a week later, I was like, why have I had no page reads on this? Like yeah. not my own horn, but like, I should have had at least a little bit and yes. discovered that that's when I learned what the dungeon was. And then I had to change it. But I was just like, I've seen stuff with so much more skin showing, oh, yeah. you know, where some yes. of the titles, <laughs> some of the titles, I know. Just like this can't be allowed. But, but yeah, so it does, it's difficult because a lot of it is, is, you know, flagged not by people, but by AI. Yeah. Right? So it's either mm-hmm. the machines are making mistakes or, or right. maybe, you know, maybe a person did see whatever and they reported it because yes. they were offended by it and then it got looked at, you know, so it's so hard to exactly. say. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're dealing with people who want to smear their beliefs across everyone else and they just fuck it up for us. Yeah. Just I mean, and think, cool. look at what the people not read it. That's fine. Yes. But you do want to read it. So just let us read it. We're not hurting anybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So stupid. I mean, and think about how many pictures like what you just described are part of ads for companies selling lingerie or oh, yeah. swimsuits. <laughs> yeah. But those are okay, right? <laughs> 
It's like bullshit, you know? They just pretend they're not selling sex because they totally are. Just in a different <laughs> so, way. Exactly. <laughs> this is a legit company. So we're going to put this picture up. But when you're writing a book, I mean, yeah. come on, seriously. Sickening, we're isn't it? front about what's inside. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, and it's not, you know, we have to make the blurb PG-13. So it's not like we're, you know, putting all these things in the book blur because it's, you know, someone could see it. So we know this, we do this. Yeah, we know, we know all the code words. We say spicy <laughs> instead of porn. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> good thing we can get creative, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you see like, especially on TikTok, I see it a lot where people are using like this creatively sticking numbers into words uh-huh. so that they don't like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, or like s- totally swapping out words. And it's just like, I know what that's supposed to say. <laughs> you know, I know. And so I see sad, people, but it's, you know, we do what we got to do. <laughs> we do. And, and I see people putting things like in video with like words so that can't be picked up unless somebody actually watches it. Yeah. And they totally get away with it with sexual content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's just crazy out there. And I, YouTube's like that too. I, I'm on my fourth YouTube attempt. Fourth. Uh-huh. Yeah. The first time they let me go for a year and a half. And all of a sudden they said I was not appropriate. And then they cut me out. I'm like, really? After a year and a half, I had 50,000 listens. They just chopped it out. That's crazy, especially because they were probably making so much money off of that. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I know. So then I tried it again. They killed it right away. Tried it again. They killed it right away. And then now I'm trying it a fourth time, but I'm doing it in a different browser with a different email and I'm just doing it a little bit differently. And so far I'm hanging in there. <laughs> it's so sad that you have to jump through all those hoops. Oh, I know. And, and then I'm like listeners that want your content. Like, yeah. People are like, well, where'd you go? You know, I mean, I had 50,000 listens. I had people were listening, like I had thousands and thousands, you know, and it's like, why was it okay for a year and a half? And now all of a sudden it's not, it doesn't make any sense. Well, you know, and then, I mean, maybe they had an ad, one of their advertisers were like, Hey, I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody that's complained. A lot of the problems and a lot of the reasons why, you know, hands get tied. I mean, that's what happened to only fans too, where like they were going to yeah. get rid of sexual content because it was the payment providers that didn't want to be affiliated with it. And it's just like, can somebody just let us pay for porn? (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Why are they deciding what we can buy? (laughs) So asinine. Whatever payment provider is like, yo, we will, we don't care what you're doing. Can we know who they are and veto them? They would make so much money (laughs) because... yeah. It's such a huge industry. Just nobody wants to publicly be affiliated, right? Right, right. But if somebody did that, I mean, we could all like choose them and only use them and they could become really big. Yeah, they would have a monopoly probably on like all payment services. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, because everybody would be like, okay, I'm using you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to support you. (laughs) Wish we could find that out. Right. (laughs) Because some people do allow it, so you know. So tell me what brought you to writing. Did someone who wrote when you were a child or did you pick it up as an adult? I did. And like I, uh, my very first book, I still have it actually. It's made out <laughs> of construction paper. I love and, it. Um, I had copied down Corduroy, the like children's book Corduroy. I copied oh, yeah, it down yeah. and like drew little pictures and, and I was super proud of it. I can't remember how old I was, but I was small enough that 
horribly misspelled words and stuff. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so my mom actually still has it so many years later, like three decades later. But yeah, so I've always, you know, been interested in stories. And, uh, and I did a lot, I think, like, I started writing long form, like, aside from just like flash little shorts and stuff, long form, probably in my early teens. They were oh, sure. horrible. Um, but, <laughs> but it's really fun to go back and read them. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I've constantly always been, even if I haven't been specifically, you know, dedicated to doing it a lot, because I spent a lot of my life just thinking like, it's not a viable thing that I could do. Like it would just always mm. be a hobby because there can only be a couple super famous authors and not everybody's going to make it. And it just, right. you know, and you get told by certain generations, like my parents are really supportive and everything, but like, they didn't know either. Like, so they were just like, you know, like you have to have a day job and you need to focus on like a career and then you can do this as a hobby. And then maybe one day you'll make it, but like, you have to focus on, you know, mm -hmm. you can't just go all in on this, which is like, I don't blame them for that because yeah, it makes sense. Right. <laughs> Especially mm -hmm. from the generation that they're from. Right. But yeah, but once I got into like, you know, my mid to late 20s and got married and had a baby and I was just like, you know what, like, this is what I've always wanted to do. And I'm yes. seeing more and more people being able to do this, which mm -hmm. takes like a ton of work. And it's like, I've been doing a really serious go of it for about six years now. Um, nice. My daughter was born and it's like, it's still, it's a ton of work. Like I work every day and it's not yeah. just writing. It's, it's brand building, it's networking. It's all of, cause I prefer to be indie. Mm -hmm. so I'm doing all the extra stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. But I love it. Like, it's so much fun. I love talking shop with people. I love, you know, I mean, I maybe would love to pay somebody to run a Facebook page for me because I hate <laughs> doing that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but like, you know, I love, you know, doing cover design and just like, you know, making audio books and designing yeah. formatting and stuff and like, getting out there and hanging out with other authors and hanging out with readers and just exploring all of these platforms. Yes. I recently joined, a, there's a new startup, Later Press, and they're very much, their whole platform is putting the selling of books in the author's hands. Like they're true indie. Nice. And basically the platform that they've built is just like you can Put your books on there you can charge either for a book or a subscription or a serial however you want to do it you can do all three at once and then you can direct sell from your website and they just take like a little fee oh nice and, what's uh, what are they called so, again yes later press later um, press so yeah they're fairly new um and uh but yeah they've got a great vision and they have an author working group so you can like go into their discord server and like use their platform and chat about what you like and what you don't like and stuff. They're super receptive hmm. and super nice, but there's so much stuff like that that's cropping up nowadays, right? So it makes it so much easier for people to get their work out there and get paid with their worth and, you know, but it is like, it's a lot of work. So yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of my life just not thinking that any of this was possible. And then it right. took having a baby to be like, no, I want to work <laughs> from home and I want to, yes. I want to do this. I want to do this thing that I've always wanted to do so that I can show my kids that you can do what you want to do with your life. You know, yes. kind of one of those weird transition things, right? Oh, it flipped a switch in you, made you realize, Hey, you know, that's a good thing. Exactly. So yeah, I, I just what you're speaking to right now, I think it's just so great that we're living in the time we're living in now, because never before in history has this been possible where we can disseminate across the world. I mean, just think of that. Even a few short years ago, 10 years ago, whatever, we couldn't do what we can do now. Exactly. 
And like, I mean, maybe in, you know, the nineties, I could have like gone indie and printed a book that I wrote and tried to sell it to like local bookstores, maybe right. or like maybe, you know, put ads in the paper or something. But like mm-hmm. now I could just push a button and yes. people across the world can buy my book. It's amazing. You know, it's just, it's wild. It is. It's just amazing. And I feel really lucky, you know, being a writer and author at this time that we get to do all this. I mean, we are oh, just yeah. living in an amazing time. And there's just Even so though... many different things to, to, to create as well. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. like, I do love, you know, crafting these big novels and serials and stuff like that. But some days I'm just like, you know what, I'm feeling like writing a blog post today, or I'm right. you know, like, as long as I'm writing, I'm happy. Right. But there's so mm-hmm. many different, you know, ways to kind of stoke the creative well, that also, you know, still is work, right? Because yes. it's still content that you can put out there. So yep. It's so much fun. Even though we're censored, like we were saying, we still have a great opportunity in so many different areas. And like you said, more popping up all the time. Exactly. And it's, you know, there's so many, you know, for every niche, for every, everything, there's pockets of people that you can find that are into the same stuff too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can find little subreddits or Facebook groups if you have some kind of, you know, niche kink that like you think you're so alone, but you're actually not. I <laughs> exactly a subreddit for that. Like if you're not on Reddit and you have a niche kink, please go to Reddit because again, yeah. but there's your people are there, you know, and, and there's <laughs> stories for people like you, right? It's awesome. I haven't gotten too much into Reddit. I find it kind of, I find it hard to figure out how to use Reddit. It can be really overwhelming at first. <laughs> okay. Cause I'm just, every time I try it, I'm like, what? I don't get it. Like I, <laughs> I don't know how also, to navigate it. Full disclosure. It's like, it's a, it's a time sink too. Like you just get lost mm. reading posts and then all of a uh-huh. sudden three hours has gone by. It's like, <laughs> oh man, I was supposed to be productive today. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. All those rabbit holes everywhere, huh? Exactly. (laughs) So when you're writing, are you one of those people that, are you a pantser? Are you a planner? Do you make outlines? Do you create your characters first or your idea? Like what's your process and what hits you first? I kind of uh, do both and it depends on the story, but I'd say nine out of 10 times a character kind of materializes in my brain first. That's Mm -hmm. usually the inception is, you know, it's usually a character with some kind of weird story or hook or whatever and they kind of just pop into my brain and go hey I'm here and this is (laughs) what I want to do now (laughs) right tell my story standing there tapping their foot like hello Um, (laughs) so yeah so and then usually like I don't often start right away but I'll kind of let it ruminate I don't often make notes until I'm like ready to start a project because it's this weird like symbiotic thing where I find if I make notes too early, especially on plot, then my brain kind of is like, oh, you wrote that already. So I'm not excited uh. about it anymore. <laughs> um, so I tend to let, I let the characters kind of live in my head for a while. And then once I start actually writing, I, I take more notes or at least take notes as I go so that I don't forget mm-hmm. stuff later on. Right. But, um, but yeah, I try to, you know, it's this delicate balance because I find like, I love pantsing because I love learning about the story as I go like because then it's really exciting for me because I want to know what happens too right so I kind of let them go but then also having some kind of structure helps you know from a business perspective knowing like a how long is this going to take to write Mm -hmm. like you know how can I stay on track 
these, you know, depending on if it's, you know, say if it's romance, you know, or these certain beats that I want to hit so that, you know, it kind of fits into the market and stuff. So there's stuff that they need to think about, like from a business perspective, um, that just make it easier for planning ahead. Mm -hmm. And then also, I find and I've heard this happen to so many other authors, too, is that two thirds mark, where it's just like, all of a sudden, there's this lull. Where do I go? So if I can figure out at least like that little bit where it's like, if I get to a point where I'm stalled out, I'm pretty sure like this is where it could go or, or, you know, I like to kind of have a loose idea of what's happening, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. And sometimes it does. Sometimes I have to just start writing and kind of the characters will kind of figure out what they're doing or the plot will fall into place or I'll be in the shower one day and go, Oh, I figured it out. (laughs) You know, that's the best. But yeah, so it's kind of a blend, right? I, I like to, I like the discovery process and the, the journey. So I kind of, some stuff I do figure out, but I don't like to know it all kind of, you know, or sometimes right. I will plan it and then they do something else and I just kind of let them go and we just see what happens and maybe mm-hmm. we circle back, maybe we don't, but, but I don't know. This is the, this is the fun of it. Oh, absolutely. And I kind of feel like that too. Like, I don't feel like everything is always exactly the same. Like the the stories aren't always birthed the same way. Yeah. And I often think of things in the shower too, or, you know, I don't know what it is about the shower. Somebody told me once they think it's because (laughs) you're you're just, your mind can be freed up because you're also doing the mundane thing of washing yourself. So it's like your brain is just in a different spot. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I've had so many epiphanies in the shower, and I'm like, "Whoa, what? Yes, you know." Somebody write this down. <laughs> I know exactly. Or like when I wake up in the morning and I like have all these ideas, and you got to write it down quick, or you're going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so much fun, isn't it? It's so fun to create this stuff and to be able to put it out there. It's just what what an awesome thing. It really is. And it's like, I mean, I enjoy the process anyways, but then having Mm. readers, you know, react to it and talk about it afterwards and, you know, maybe even discover things that or feel things that you didn't expect them to. And it's like, that's a whole other level of of enjoyment because it's just like, wow, you got that out of my thing. Like, that's so cool, you know, or when like you have this difficult character that nobody likes and then one person goes, oh man, I really identified yes. with this thing and it's uh-huh. like yes somebody gets them you know like, <laughs> exactly it's cool if they don't when they do it's just it feels so nice it feels so validating for the character that's like ah oh, somebody out there feels mm-hmm. you know seen and related to and that's like that's the best relationship in this kind of business is just that relationship between the characters and the reader once it's out there in the world oh absolutely now, I got to ask you this question since, you know, I write romance and erotica too. Do you find that it's hard to write romance without the erotic piece, without the spiciness? Does that, is that harder yes, for you the more so erotica hard. you write? Yes, me too. <laughs> you know, okay. And it's like last year, a bunch of us got together and put together a romance anthology and they were like novella length. I think I capped it at 15,000 words. Mm. And uh, there was a few that were below 10K, but most of them were between 10K and 15K. And uh, mm. our only caveat for that was that it was going to be clean. And we did too. We did a really <laughs> steamy, like, let get all the erotica out anthology yeah. with most of the same people. And then we also <laughs> did a clean one just to, you know, have a clean one. And mm-hmm. and because uh, there was a couple of the authors that weren't comfortable writing erotica, but still wanted to be involved. And it was like, okay, you know what? We'll challenge ourselves. Let's do yeah. that. 
And, uh, and like, I still, I loved the characters. I loved writing it, but there was so much tension. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually, one of my patrons asked me if I could write the sex scene that goes with that story. Oh, yes. She was like, I really liked it, but like, (laughs) dude, (laughs) I I want more. It's so weird (laughs) to do this like slow burn kind of buildup. It wasn't super slow burn because it was only like 11K words. Mm. Yep. But like, but just to have this, this build up, you do get that release of like, oh, they're in love now. And now they're going to live mm. happily ever after. But that's usually the point where I, you know, throw in yeah. some spice, right? So uh-huh. it was just odd. And um, it was just like, I mean, yes, it was difficult, but it was just, I think, more strange than anything else. Because I'm like, I'd get into that headspace where like, okay, now they get to bang. And it's like, <laughs> actually, no, they don't. <laughs> just, we're just going to stop now. We're going to fade to black. Like, I know they're going to bang here, but like the readers, it's cool. They can imagine what they want. And it was just strange to not write it. Wow. So, yeah. So I think that's going to be um, a bonus scene one month for, for my patrons. It's a good way to do it, though. It. Yeah. So I'm like, here you go. You can have the dirty bits now, too. <laughs> I know. And I, I recently wrote two romance pieces for Medium because I'm on Medium, too. And it was, like, painful. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to do this. I'm like, oh, shit, I can't. <laughs> and it, like, hurt. It, like, hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you, your brain flips that switch, right? Where it's uh-huh. just like, okay, now I'm in like sex choreography mode and like, we're yes. gonna, we're getting, you know, and like, you can feel the characters like horniness, right? And, uh-huh. then, and then it's just like, but we're skipping this. Okay. <laughs> Buzzkill. <laughs> so yeah, like no shade to people that write clean romance, but power. I know, right. Because <laughs> I get so into it and then I'm just like, well, now I need to write some porn. <laughs> I need to go. I need to go hardcore the other way now because I had to stop. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Okay. So tell me about your horror. What kind of horror do you write? So mostly shorts. Okay. Actually, this this new um, gamelet project that I'm working on is turning out to be a lot more horror centric than I thought it was Mm, going to. Sure. I'm getting to flex some of my my muscles there. But yeah, what happened was, um, cause I've always loved reading horror. I just, mm-hmm. I never thought that I could write it. Sure. I just, it's a confidence thing. Like I've just, you know, it was always like, Oh, I don't know if I could maintain like Stephen King is one of my favorites and like yeah. nobody else is Stephen King, obviously, No, but it's mm-hmm. like just that, that building subtle dread that he manages to do, even when there's yes. not like anything inherently creepy going on. I'm like, I don't think uh-huh. I can do that. Like who else can do that? <laughs> so, but then I never tried, which is like, you know, yeah should know better than to not try. But yeah. during the pandemic, one of my friends, I moved across the country to Nova Scotia about mm. like a month before the pandemic. I don't know how we to time that, but yeah, wow. it was awesome. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, we didn't get to go back and visit any of people in oh. Ontario that we were like, oh, we're going to visit so often while we're in Nova Scotia because it went into lockdown right away. Um, yeah. so one of my friends was feeling really isolated out there and it was just like, okay, well, let's work on a project together. Like, what can we do together? Um, sure. And uh, she was stuck at home, single mom with three kids. Mm. And um, so two of us and my other author friend here in Nova Scotia, the three of us hooked up on Facebook and had a chat going and, and just started brainstorming and Ontario friend loves horror. So we were just like, let's do some horror shorts. And like, yeah, and it seems kind of odd to to do that in the middle of such a weird thing in the (laughs) world, but it just was really, it was cathartic in a way that like, okay, so this is all really terrifying. And there's this horrible disease going around that we're terrified of. 
but at least, you know, this like ocean Lovecraft monster isn't coming to me. Like, right. you know, exactly. so it was almost, it was this cathartic kind of like, okay, what's the scariest thing that you can think of? At least that's not happening to me right now. Right. Um, so yeah. yeah. And yeah. then we also, we just had a lot of fun coming up with prompts and, you know, and just throwing around ideas. So we ended up doing a couple of anthologies together. And it was just also a fun way to hang out across the, from across the country. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I got, and I discovered after writing so many of these shorts that I really love like monster. Mm. I love the gross monster stuff. <laughs> like sure. I loved all the really visceral, like that's what was creeping me out the most mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like ghosts and stuff like that. So, oh, um, sure. So, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's kind yeah. of blended into, I still, I hadn't yet taken the plunge on writing like a longer horror because I'm still, mm. it was just kind of like, I don't know, you know, I hadn't been inspired to kind of take the plunge on, you know, building that dread for like a whole novel length. Um, right. But definitely with, with uh, my new project, um, it takes place. She gets sucked into a, into a world of demons. <laughs> and, um, mm. Some of them are friendly. Some of them are hot. Some of them are not so friendly. So it's a lot of like, I can get really creative and visceral with some of the the nasty elements because it's in a whole other world. Right. So sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. And one of my beta readers was like, is this a romance eventually? Cause no, there's, there's like romance and sex <laughs> coming later. It's cool. There's, we're doing this right now. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. If, if you wait, but yeah, not the main focus yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you when you write erotica what particular areas do you focus on or do you just kind of do whatever you feel like because some people you know pick a certain kink or a certain you know I, I don't know of, um I have a lot of kinks I guess <laughs> okay that's good I didn't notice <laughs> I didn't even notice how deep the well went until I started heavily reading erotica and realizing oh, yeah. that like mm-hmm. I like to read a lot of stuff and I mean like mm-hmm. I'm pretty open-minded anyways and I'll read in in niches that I'm not that don't particularly like tickle me but I still enjoy just like reading it sure yep especially yep. if it's an author that's really good because you know certain like language and stuff like that it's just really beautiful to read even if it's not specifically my kink Right. But yeah, so in the same vein of like I write in so many genres, when I started publishing, I I was doing erotica exclusively because it's really good practice. Yes. Um, and uh, speaking of Reddit, there's this subreddit called Erotic Authors and they're like these guys are like veteran erotica indie authors. Like they know uh. the of Amazon and Smashwords and they're like they're pros. They've been doing this for years and yeah. it's so awesome. And they share a lot of their, you know, experiences. They don't share, like they have a blanket rule on there to not share pen names so that people can't mm. like, kind of sabotage each other or whatever. Um, yes. But they do like, they talk about just the process and, and, you know, and, and how to, you know, stay diligent and how often to publish and stuff like that. Mm. So I was really inspired by them to like, give it a try. And it's, and they're right. Yeah. It is really good practice to, to do shorts because, Mm-hmm. It doesn't take that long to write. And if it bombs, it's only like a couple hours of your time versus, yes. like, you know, a year. <laughs> so exactly. Um, so, yeah. yeah. But I found writing in the same erotica niche because they were just like, you know, pick a niche and stick to your niche and then mm-hmm. and they'll climb the charts and it'll stoke the algorithms. And it's just like, OK. But then I found like I got really burnt out writing like the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, OK, sure. we got to diversify. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I do, you know, I do a lot of um. Like I, when I started, I was doing like kind of just generic, like BDSM, like male dom stuff. And then Mm -hmm. um, branched into reverse harem because I discovered that I loved reading that. And I was just like, this is fun. And it's a whole (laughs) other challenge of like choreography because Mm -hmm. now there's more bodies, right? Yes. 
you know, and then um, I'm also, I'm pansexual. So I enjoy lesbian erotica as well. So I mm -hmm. do a lot of yep. like, sapphic stuff and uh, yeah. And then I ended up doing some paranormal erotica one year. Mm. Uh, my friend and I decided that we were going to challenge each other one September to like write an erotica short every day. And we didn't oh, wow. end up getting there. We came up with a lot of really fun ideas and I decided for that month to do paranormal erotica. So I had like nice. a, a little five, five short series of, of like werewolf erotica and like some witch ones and some vampire ones. Mm, yes. So yeah, it's, it's so much fun to just, I don't know, like the shorts are kind of like, you can get creative with them in a way that is a little bit more freeing than a, than a novel because yeah. With erotica, and this is a lot of the times people, you know, will call an erotic romance erotica. And it's just like, no, erotic, like romance, you got to have the the happily ever after. You got to have the specific yes. payoff. Erotica, mm -hmm. we're just, we're selling orgasms. Is yes, yes, they're different. It's, they're very it, different. They're yeah. written to get people off as much yep, as Amazon yep. doesn't want to admit it. That's what they're <laughs> exactly. for. You know, it's yep, like, yep. this is why you can price a 5,000 word erotica short at two ninety nine, and it will yes. sell because we're yes. selling the orgasm. Uh, so people it's want be hot. It's gotta mm -hmm. be, you know, like you gotta have enough setup so that it's not flagged as pornography, but like yes, you know, and you can be creative with that setup, but the payoff is what matters, right? Yep, so it's like exactly. but then writing the same payoff every time is boring from an author's perspective. So yes, that's when we get to be like, okay, well, what if one is a fairy and then they get to bang in the air? Like, yes. You know? So <laughs> yeah, so that's where you know you could come up with different hooks for like, okay, we're doing a reverse harem today, but like how does she meet yes. the five dudes she's gonna bang? There's gotta be some <laughs> kind of you know <laughs> yes so yeah it's a it's a lot of fun it is and and i really feel like there there's romance there's erotic romance there's erotica and then there's smut yes yeah, like they're different like, we go to literotica for that yes <laughs> <laughs> there's just different gradients and in people not some people don't understand that and that's kind of hard but you know they'll read your book and they'll expect it's something different than it really is but you know i guess that's just a learning curve people need to learn that they are actually different genres or subgenres i guess yeah well and i think like it's so hard to classify stuff sometimes because it you is. want it to be you want it, the readers to know what they're reading but sometimes some stuff is so widely miscategorized that it's really difficult yes. to know in what circumstance to call things whatever yeah, right? yeah. because so many people just think like if it has sex in it it's erotica now and it's just like, right dude, my hundred thousand word romance <laughs> novel with like one chapter of sex at the end is not erotica <laughs> like, no you know, exactly even if there was sex every second chapter it's not yes. erotica. like the the basic premise is like if you take out the sex and there's right. still story then it's, it's not erotica if you right. take out the sex and there's doesn't make sense anymore, then it's erotica. Right. <laughs> if it's just like, what is happening? Exactly. There's only a paragraph left. What's going on? <laughs> um, but yeah, that that is erotica. Yes, exactly. But yeah, it's 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 interesting that we can put it out there, and you know, people will find it. And you know, like you said, I think the more you're out there, the more people are going to find you, and you know maybe appreciate the different ways you do write. Yeah. you got to find those people and that can be the challenge. Yeah, it is, it is definitely a challenge. And especially, I mean, in this day and age, like everywhere you look on the internet, there's, there's authors, right? Like we are plentiful. Yes. And uh, you know, it's difficult to 
you know, I see, I see this so often with authors where they're just their blanket trying to find any readers as opposed mm-hmm. to like trying to find their readers, you know? Right. Um, and I mean, it is difficult. I mean, it's, it's, as you niche down, it seems like it would be easier because then you're looking specifically for people that are into this one thing, but sometimes mm-hmm. it can be so hard. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not a marketing expert or anything. And I do like, I have a lot of little like think tank groups with other author friends of mine where we like chat about strategies and stuff. Um, yeah. It's all so dependent on, on what you're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. like I was talking about how like, you know, TikTok romance KU is like, that's the only success that I've had with TikTok on mm, for yep. writing is specifically KU romance and some erotica too, but I, I don't have my erotica and KU anymore because I'm putting them on Patreon. Um, oh. But uh, but yeah, so it's, you know, that's, but then I've, you know, I have friends that are writing sci-fi that just can't find anywhere to, <laughs> that is a good yeah. spot to, you know, and then I've had heard some people with sci-fi say that like, you don't have to market anywhere, just get it on Amazon and get as many as you can. And the algorithms will do the work. And there's right. sci-fi readers on there that will specifically search as long as your keywords are good kind of thing. So each mm-hmm. genre has its own, you know, its own best way, if, you know. Right. But yeah, either way, it is really difficult. And especially like, I mean, it is starting to change where people are being more accepting of indie, especially in romance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is still that divide of where people are just like, oh, well, but it's not trad pubs. So like everything indie is riddled with typos and blah, blah. Yeah. Like, they don't exactly. know that like we use editors. Like, <laughs> right. I'm still giving you a polished product. <laughs> yes. Just, yes. The publisher is not paying for it. So. Right. <laughs> exactly. It is there. You know. It's probably just something that's going to take time, you know, because then unfortunately there are the people out there that don't do that kind of thing. So then, yeah, then yeah. everybody just goes, oh, well, that's like that. And they just go, to, yeah. you know, worst case scenario. And yeah, but well, if we keep putting out quality stuff and we have editors, we pay editors, we find editors to review it. Hopefully that will, you know, start to shift and change that exactly. opinion. Exactly. And honestly, like I love, I love supporting freelance editors as well because they have the Me same too. problem where Mm -hmm. they are freelance and they're not backed by a publishing house or a newspaper or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's really difficult to get, like I do a little bit of freelance editing. I don't really advertise it, you know, when somebody I know really needs one, you know, and I vibe with their work, I will take it on. Like that's kind of how I got my start in the freelancing world was with editing, but it was really difficult because everybody wants to see credentials and it's just like, I don't really have credentials. I'm just really good at stories. (laughs) So if you want somebody to help you with your story, I can. Right. And it's like, until you've done a bunch of them and they can see the books that you've worked on, then it's like, okay. Uh, But yeah, so it's like, you know, but then, you know, these editors that are backed by publishing houses and then, but then also they're getting paid peanuts for their work. <laughs> it's like, oh, I know. I'd much rather support a freelance editor where they get all the money. You yes. Know? Yeah. It's kind of like supporting a small business and I would rather exactly. support small business. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I have, have a few that I use too. And it's, you know, it's nice to have several because sometimes you might have a really short timeline and you need something done quickly. And if you have a, a bunch of people in your pocket that you can go to, it's just beneficial. And and I, I'm the same way. All the people I use are, uh, it's like their own little business. Exactly. And like certain, certain ones, you know, specialize in certain genres too. Mm-hmm. Like I have one that's not super comfortable with erotic content. So it's, like, mm. you know, I get her to look over other stuff, Sure, um, you know, and, and that's fine. And um, everybody has their own expertise. Like uh, the woman that I used for wrong number, Liz Tavorek, she's amazing. And, uh, and she like just 
ripped into it. Like, <laughs> that's why I chose her too. I was like, listen, yeah. I have this room. It is a beast, like a hundred thousand words long. And I need you to just shred <laughs> it to pieces. You know, yes. like we've been, we've run in the same author circles for a while. So she knows. Wow. Me. And it's, that's another thing too, is it's really hard sometimes with, um, you know, because some people are afraid to, they're afraid to hurt your feelings or, mm-hmm. you know, or they've had experiences with clients getting upset with their feedback. So they kind of pull the punches and it's like, you right. know, to be, and I'm, I'm totally comfortable with feedback. I want all the hard feedback, um, yes. but I might've not been so like pushy about it. If it was somebody I didn't know where it was just like, I said to her, like, I literally like nitpick, like fine tooth comb, like just <laughs> be mean if you have to, just like, I want this to be really good. So just yes. go at it. And she did not disappoint me. <laughs> it was awesome. But yeah, that's, so good. I think that's another thing too, is just like finding somebody that you vibe with um, mm-hmm. can be, it can be really difficult to, to find somebody that, that vibes with your story and, you know, kind of understands your vision, but then also, you know, you have the relationship with that neither of you is afraid to like give the give the gears right to really right. shape it into something something amazing right right that's good to find those people there's no doubt about it <laughs> yeah. so I noticed you do some ghost writing too do you still do that or is that something you did in the past I do I don't in any of the genres that I write anymore <laughs> mm, okay that sure. was another kind of stepping stone into the industry when I started ghost writing I was doing erotica and, uh, and it was so funny. I just, I had been randomly reading this book on Wattpad actually ah. there. She goes by a different pen name now, but at the time she had, she was ghostwriting memoirs and she mm. had written this book on Wattpad, just like a kind of little article style thing about how she ghostwrites memoirs. And I was like, Oh, that's neat. And, uh, and then I was just like, yeah, I don't think I could do memoirs. I think that would be too much pressure. Like it would be really fun. And then she was just like, oh, she was just like, yeah, you like writing like erotica or like, you know, I was writing just a couple of little like steamy fan fictions over there at the time. And she was just like, you can totally get paid to write erotica. And I was like, wait a second, (laughs) people will pay me to write erotica for them. Like you're joking. She was just like, no, no. So she sent me a bunch of resources um, Mm. and I just threw up a gig on Fiverr. And, and that's how I got my start uh, kind of getting into the industry as a whole, because I learned a lot from those clients because basically what I did was I put up a gig and I said like, I'll write the erotica that nobody else will write basically. Yeah. You come to me with whatever you want. I won't sure. feel shame. I'm here to, you know, to write for you. So I got some pretty eclectic clients, <laughs> but also some that were just like, you know, they had, they had like seven different pen names and they had like teams mm. of ghostwriters. Right. Fascinating. Like, okay. This week I'm, I'm looking for this niche this week. I'm looking for this niche, whatever you're comfortable writing in out of these niches and these lengths. And they were very like, just it was really interesting to watch the market from that way because yes. it was like every week they're going okay this is what's hot right now this is what i want and mm. it was really eye opening to be like wow okay these people are being able to afford to buy this yes by doing this so yeah. i feel mm-hmm. like if i was to you know maybe there's real shot of making a living at this right so and, yep. and i mean i never did make a living specifically off of my erotica but you know, it was a really good way to, to get into indie publishing and kind of learn the ropes and stuff. Um, oh yeah. yeah just so the experience. I just wrote erotica for a little bit. And then I got a couple of clients doing some other stuff that uh, I'm still working with today um, on a regular basis, but they're not in any of the genres that I write in. 
And, uh, and yeah, I'm not really, I'm not ghosting erotica anymore. Cause I got, <laughs> I got kind of burnt out <laughs> trying to do both. Yeah. Right? So it was just like, okay, I'll do these like kind of off the wall ones. And then I'll do, you know, the stuff that I'm actually interested in for me. Uh, but then it just it got to be too much, you know, like I just yeah. didn't want to write sex for like three months. <laughs> so it was right. Just a lot. Yeah. yeah. Good experience. So I would imagine too, because, you, you know, you probably write it and you'd get feedback from them. And did they kind of like edit it and give it back to you or did they just take it for what it was? No, they pretty much like every once in a while, it depends on the client. So some of them, they wanted pushed draft so we would do it that way where like I would write it like they would give me a really detailed outline and I would write it and then they'd send it back with like you know suggestions nothing like like you know like grammar and stuff like that would be polished obviously when I'd send it but maybe mm. they would just be like oh this scene isn't kind of like vibing or whatever and uh, and I rewrite that one scene or whatever sure uh, but for the most part they were just looking for especially the ones that were like super pumping out erotica on Amazon every mm-hmm. they were just like, you know, basically like, this is the idea of what I want. Like I need a, you know, Duke or like a Regency era Dom Duke BDSM in 7,000 words go. <laughs> like, right. Is, sure. And then, or they'd maybe give me like, okay, here's the character and here's the other character. And this is the time period. And this is the word count. And then I just mm-hmm. kind of like run with it. And then I'd send it to them and they'd just be like, awesome. And then they pay me and go, okay, now I need like, <laughs> you know, it was just a well-oiled machine that way. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, so it was, but it was definitely what it did do for me was it showed me that I could output so much mm-hmm. yeah. when I had a fire under my ass, you know, right? like I had spent so much time just being like, oh, well, I don't have time. And I don't, yes. like, you know, writing is hard and uh-huh. like every excuse that you've ever heard an author make when they're yep, not writing. Yep. And then it was like, but now I need to pay for things and I want to work from home and I've got a baby and I, you know, I don't yep. want to have to go back and work in the horrible office job that I had before. And when right. my maternity leave is done, I just want to like, I want to write for a living. And it's yep. like, so I need to, you know, fight tooth and nail to do this. And then I've got paying clients on a clock. And if I don't deliver by this clock, then my ratings go down on Fiverr. And like, so it was mm, like, okay, yeah. I got to make this happen. And then all of a sudden I'm writing a hundred thousand words a month. And I'm like, why <laughs> haven't I been doing this for the last, like, you know, yes. I'm like granted, I, it's a lot more freedom because I was on maternity leave. So it's like, I didn't have mm. a day job. That was my day job. Right. So I definitely right. had a lot more freedom that way, but it's just like, if I can do a hundred thousand words a month, then like, you know, what could I do for myself? Right. So carving yes. out some of those words for my own stuff. And then it's just kind of been a balancing act since then, but it definitely built confidence to have somebody pay money for something that I wrote, even if it wasn't like, okay, my name's not going to go on this and I'm not going to be publishing this myself, but somebody thought it was good enough to put their name on it. So right. it was a really good confidence booster. And it helped me a lot when I started publishing. Cause I was just like, okay, this is, I'm so nervous, but like, mm-hmm. Yeah, paying me to do this. Like how many of my stories are out there right now, but they just don't have my name on it. You know, like, I've definitely done this before. So yeah, yeah, that helped a lot. Yeah. I I talked with another author who did the same thing as you, and they kind of said the same things that you said. And just also that it was such a learning experience. And then, you know, that was like the stepping stone to starting to do his own work, which I thought was a really interesting thing. It's, It's like, you're given an assignment, you know, like, you know, comparing it to like being in school, <laughs> you know, exactly. here's your, what you need to write and you need to do by this date and go, you know. And having somebody counting on you for it 
It's a whole Mm -hmm. different dynamic because I find like, I mean, self-discipline is the hardest thing about working for yourself, whether it's writing or any kind of business. If you're working for yourself, you have to have the discipline to, to do, to make yourself do the job. And it can be really hard with creative work because it's really easy to be like, oh, well, I'm not inspired or I have writer's block or I, you know, like I'm not in the right headspace or like I don't have the time to like wind down to think about it or whatever. Um, It's so easy to do that when it's just like, no, you have to make yourself do it. You have to (laughs) sit your butt in that chair and put your fingers on the keyboard and you have to make (laughs) it happen. And the fact that I proved to myself that I could make myself do that was just kind of like, well, I should make myself do it for me too. because. It matters just as much, right? You know, maybe it's a little bit harder because I'm not like, there's more pressure because it's my thing. And, you Mm -hmm. know, and I'm writing in my voice and not the client's voice. Like, you know, it's it's easier. Definitely ghostwriting is so much easier because, you know, I'm like, I flip into their voice and I have a strict outline and it's like, you know, it's, it's a lot more, it's almost more like technical writing than, than fiction uses a different part of the brain. Sure. But still, it's like, it was just a confidence boost that it's just like, no, this is the discipline that I need for my own stuff. And then eventually, I will just be working on my own stuff someday, right? So that's right. The, the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> that probably also helped you, you know, do what you do now, where you diversify between different genres. You know, just doing that alone, I could see how that would really put you on the path to where you are now. And it makes perfect oh, sense. definitely. Because definitely. Mm-hmm. it's, you know, slipping in and out of you know, different, you know, client work and, and my own stuff. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's made it a lot easier to kind of juggle multiple projects. And then I don't burn out because you right. know, if I'm working on one thing, you know, and then it's just like, you know, if you have this like one epic that you're working on all the time, and if you get stuck, it's like, that's mm-hmm. the end now. Like, what do I do? <laughs> right. Like I have like pretty much seven or eight different projects going at any given time. Right. It's really easy to slip back and forth because it's like, you know, if I get stuck on one, it's just like, well, I still got to be productive. So what's yep. inspiring me today? Okay. I'll work on this. <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Um, and then the more, the more platform building you're doing and the more marketing you're doing, it, it adds more stuff to that pile. Right. Where it's just like, okay, you know, like I try to, you know, I write every day, even if it's just a little bit, um, just to like, you know, keep my muscle flexing, but some days I yeah. am really like just so uninspired. So it's like, I'll either do some editing or, you know, mm-hmm. create some marketing graphics or, you know, write some ad copy. <laughs> so right. there's all stuff that I can be doing that's still, you know, productive to the business. Um, yes. And that way it's like, you know, I'm still in the mindset of like, this is my this is my job. I'm right. still stoking mm-hmm. the fire. Exactly. <laughs> so where do you tend to advertise? Do you primarily use social media or do you use other avenues as well? Um, it's It depends. I tend to, um, it's marketing books is so hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so most of the work goes into like the kind of passive marketing. So I make sure like I've got a website, I've got a mailing list, I've got all the socials. I have I have a little bit of a round robin going on. I use the app if this then that and okay. also that whatever I post to Instagram also goes to Twitter and Facebook. Oh nice. Um, because I'm just I'm so bad at Facebook. I don't Oh, like I know. And I don't I hate the UI and I just I can't keep track of anything over there. So, yeah, and then Twitter I find like I like Twitter as a platform. I like mm-hmm. the way it's used but I found that like, it's really hard to find readers on there. It's mostly yeah. hanging out, which is great. And I love chatting right. with and stuff. 
mm-hmm. um, but it's like as a book marketing thing, it's not really. So it's like I do, I make my my Instagram stuff. Um, I love creating like little quote art and mm-hmm. um, I love you know, making graphics for, for my books and for books that I'm reading and books that I love. And, you know, yeah. I have so many friends that like are doing book launches and stuff. And it's just like, yes, give me all your pretty graphics. And <laughs> I love the, the visual aspect of Instagram and just like, yes, the, you know, the excited, like, let's create like quote videos kind of community over there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And uh TikTok. TikTok to an extent too. The videos are just, they take so much longer to make. Yeah, whereas I, do, I, I much prefer messing around in Photoshop than I do um, mm-hmm. like making videos on TikTok. So, so yeah, so I pretty much, I, you know, I do kind of market my books on Instagram, but mostly I'm just doing quotes and yeah, kind of like, you know, sharing, sharing images and stuff. And then when I'm doing a launch, that's when I do a big push. So mm. I do book mm-hmm. tours. I do, I use Silver Dagger book tours, which is, oh, okay. um, she's awesome. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. No, um, I haven't. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's an amazing service. It's really affordable. Um, the last time that I used her, it was by donation, but now there's like a minimum donation, but it's still like, it's super cheap for what you get. And I always give her a good tip too, because like mm-hmm. she does so much work, but you sure. basically, you give her your dates and your book, and then she makes all these marketing graphics for you and then reaches out to all of the blogs that she has in oh, her pocket. Nice. And then you pick your length and you can go up to like a month of blogs where like every day, two blogs will share your book. Um, oh, and wow. You can sign up to do reviews. They'll sign up for your ARC team. Like I got so many advanced readers doing that. So, um, and then she runs like giveaways and then you end up getting a whole bunch of like mailing list ads for you from the giveaway and stuff and Twitter followers. Mm. So stuff like that I like because it's a lot more interactive. So it's like, now I've got all these bloggers know who I am. So yes. I can hang out with them and I comment on their blog and follow their blog. And then their readers are interacting with me. Yeah. And, perfect. And so that kind of stuff is a lot of fun. And then there are the ones that want to do interviews. I do podcasts like this. <laughs> this is right. Fun. I just I love, you know, doing more interactive stuff. And then like, you know, and then obviously the normal Amazon ads and Facebook ads, which is like a whole other animal. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't buy them for erotica. Yeah. So <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, that kind of takes the pressure off for the erotica because you don't have right. to worry about it. Yeah. Uh, you can't yeah, do it. Romance. It's like, you got to have that push you know, to get Amazon to pick it up in the algorithms, you got to have that push, you got to have your your launch day stuff, right? It's such yeah. an easy game mm-hmm. of math, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and then with the Bloodline series, it's been a little bit easier, because what I did was I made the first one free. And mm. then every time I have a new release, anything adjacent to it, I just run ads on the first one because it's okay. always free. So I use newsletters like Book Spry is a really good one. It's like, I mean, BookBub is good, but it's so expensive. Yeah. Um, you can have deep pockets for BookBub. But like BookSpry for the like the romance newsletter, it's like 40 bucks. Mm. The last time that I used it, I used it on a book that I ran a free promo on and I got 1700 downloads. So wow. it's like the return is insane. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so stuff like that, you get this giant blast and then, you know, then you're getting reviews and you're getting, you know, visibility. Yeah. but it's really handy to do that stuff on like a first in a series. And then you're getting the read through to the rest of the series. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. So that's pretty much like, again, I'm not an expert and I'm not like, I'm still, you know, doing editing and ghostwriting as my day job. And, you know, so I'm not living off of my royalties or anything, but I've been slow, slow building and slow burning it with this stuff. And I mean, it's always changing and evolving, but, you know, 
we kind of just trial and error. I don't oh, mind yeah. being a guinea guinea pig for stuff either. Like so many <laughs> times, I'm just right. like, hey, I'm going to try this new thing with my next launch, and I'll let you know how it goes. We'll see. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you too. I like to try different things. The ones I've done recently are book sirens, which is where you can put oh, your I book up the there. Book sirens. Yeah, Book Sirens I is good. I love Book Sirens. <laughs> I get so <laughs> many books from there and I'm like, I have such a long TBR now. <laughs> they yes. got really good algorithms actually. Like the last they time do. I used them for wrong number and it was like, I think within 24 hours, they had filled my 10 slots. Nice. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's amazing. It's <laughs> like, a really amazing. Do anything. <laughs> yes. I know. That's awesome. You just basically put your book there and it just does it. Yeah. I know. It's great. Another one I've been enjoying that someone turned me on to a couple of months ago is um, Story Origin app. Okay. I've looked into that one and I wasn't sure about it. How's your experience with it? I am loving it. I I have my having way more success with my erotica and erotica romance in it than I am under my real name. So I feel like they're really, it's really strong in the erotica, the romance and erotic romance areas. I've really grown quite a bit and I've gotten reviews and it's been good. I really like it. And I like the versatility of it because you can, you can swap newsletter mentions with people. You can join group promos you can put your books on there as as a list for like, you know, people reviewing. I can even put my audio books on there, which Ooh. is just, yeah. And it's awesome. great. You know, I think it's amazing too. even audiobooks that aren't books that I wrote, you know, they narrated for other people. I can even put those on there. And then if people want to review it, they, you know, they, they say, hey, I'd like to review this. And then I can look at their, you know, their profile. And then I can decide to give them a code from Audible. And they may or may not, yeah, they may or may not end up reviewing it, but I'm always like, you know, Audible gives you unlimited codes for the U.S. and the U.K. Codes, yeah. (laughs) That's the only other problem, though. They only give it for the U.S. market and the U.K. So there's like the rest of the world you can't give free, give them to. So that's actually, they just have to log in as that marketplace in their app. It's a stupid rigmarole. Um, I discovered this because like I'm in Canada and there is no Audible Canada. It's only the U.S. or the U.K. Yeah. But, uh, but I have a, an author friend of mine and he's so sweet. And I told him like, I'm, I'll buy your auto, audio books, but I get all of his paper books. And then he always gives me a free audio version oh. because he knows that I love to listen to books in the car and stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he gives me the U S code. And uh, the first time he did it, I was just like, this isn't working. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Wrong. Yeah. Um, and then he didn't know what I was doing wrong. So I ended up like emailing customer support or whatever. And they said, like, if we go to the app, you like log out of the app. And then at the bottom of the screen, you choose like what your region is and you can set it to any region, set it to us and log in. And then the book is there. So whenever you're using, you can do that for the UK as well. Like if you run out of us codes and you have to give somebody a UK code, it's kind of a pain because you can't have your library all in one place. Like, unfortunately, when I buy an audio book, like from Uh Amazon or audible in Canada, it'll be in my Canadian library. And if I want to the ones that I've gotten for free, I have to switch. Um, sure. But you just log in with your same account. It's just changing the region. But yeah, oh, I've wow. That I have a lot of readers in Europe that I didn't think I could give them to. And then I discovered that they can use the UK ones they huh. just have to switch regions. So it's odd, but, but it is doable <laughs> if you have that wow. issue. Wow. 
that works where is it at the bottom i'm gonna have to check this out this is great information <laughs> i haven't actually looked at the app in a while but yeah it was like okay. if you log in like just on the sign-in screen if you sure. at the very bottom it just says like i can't remember exactly what it says, huh, it says well that's good to like know select your region or something like that and you can mm -hmm. nice it seems like they should just have that I know, like, why are they restricting <laughs> so like, it anyways? I don't understand. It be such a rigmarole to give, like, do they think <laughs> reviewers only live in the UK and right. the US? Like, <laughs> how about the rest That's of the so damn easy. world? It's ridiculous. Uh, no. <laughs> we want free stuff too. <laughs> Just don't get it. Another one of these yeah. mysteries with Amazon. We're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what are you working on now before we end our call? I would love to have you talk about what you're working on right now or you just do you release something recently well my last release was uh, was wrong number so that one was in january okay. and sure. then since then i've just kind of been like tootling around on patreon kind of getting a feel for that and uh and making sure that i'm releasing enough content for my patrons there yep. and then yeah this new one that i'm working on is called king of demons mm. and uh, yeah that's the one where she ends up in the demon world and it's going to be okay <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but yeah so that one i'm up to like chapter 14 on patreon now and then oh nice today, chapter five just went live on um it's releasing on radish ink it wattpad and royal road all for free so you can read it for free and but if you want the chapters early then they're on patreon and then eventually it, uh, it'll i'm gonna see this is the pantsing and plotting thing <laughs> yes i don't actually know if it's gonna be like one book or if i'm gonna do multiple seasons and have it be right. a long-term serial i'm not sure we'll see what the characters do but yeah i think either way whether it's a book or like if it's seasons i'll release each season as a as a separate book nice but, um, but yeah eventually there will be like ebooks published wide and, and hard copies co published wide as well. Awesome. And the Bloodline series, they're novellas and all five of the ones that are out right now kind of build a cohesive about a hundred thousand word collection. So that mm. I've been kind of chilling on for a while because it just hadn't didn't feel like the right time to release it yet. And I think oh, okay. actually I'm gonna do before the end of the month. I'm not gonna do a big launch push because it's books that my readers have already read. But it's just all put together in one pretty package. Yes. I never did like the first novella is only, I think, 13,000 words. So I didn't bother mm. doing hard copies of those. But so many people have asked for hard copies. So I was like, well, if I did the collection all in one, right. then it's all five. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then it works out to a nice fat little paperback. So sure. So, yeah. Very so awesome. So towards the end of the month, probably. Nice. Well, that sounds like a good plan. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or highlight before we before we end our chat? I don't think so. I think we covered like so much stuff. <laughs> we did. It was so fun to talk so to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had a blast. Thank you so much for coming on my show. I can't wait to put Thank this out. Thank you for and having me. Yes. <laughs> well, you have an amazing day. Awesome. You too. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to this sexy female Santa story. Ah, oh, what an imagination she's got. I love her twist of that story. It's fucking hot. I hope you enjoyed our interview, our chat. Oh, I sure loved talking to her. It was so much fun, really super enjoyable, and I hope you enjoyed it too. Please follow my podcast. Give me a rating and a review. You can find the links to Emily's stuff down in the podcast notes. 
and mine as well. I will put my link tree down there. I have a new book out, Ruins Beach Getaway, and I'm ecstatic because it's getting five-star reviews on Amazon. People are loving it. I'm just so excited. So check that out. It's also on Apple and other online sellers. And on the other online sellers, it's also going to be a paperback. So check that out. I will put all the links down in the podcast notes. And I have another book in pre-sale. If you like swinger stories, never say never swing. That one is out in pre-sale and in actuality in one location. I think that might be Apple where it's already live. So if you want to read that, and you like swinger stories, check that out. I am going to thank you again because I love that you're here. I love that you're interested in my podcast and I love sharing sexy stuff with you. I hope you have an amazing, sexy fucking day. Oh, and one more thing. I now have a store. If you want a shirt that says, oh, fuck yeah on it, check out the Bonfire link down in my podcast notes. My Bonfire store is live and there are shirts, tank tops, mugs, in different styles and you can wear oh fuck yeah on your shirt okay you have an amazing sexy fucking day love ya Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning You get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.